Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome back, folks. You're listening to Today's Issues. I'm Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson and now Steve Jordahl. Hello, everybody. Hey, Steve. Yes, yes, yes. You, uh, how'd, how'd your uh, Las Vegas Raiders do yesterday? Las Vegas Raiders did not lose yesterday. They were they have a bye week? Yeah, they had a bye week. We take victory order yeah, again. When you're having a tough season, that's uh, that, that, that can be uh, something you can enjoy. <laughs> that's right. No bad news. No good news, but no bad news. So. Um, and I would like to say, since, uh, since I'm hosting the show and not Tim, that hockey season has started. Yes, Fred and uh, my Bruins are two and zero. I'll see you guys in about uh, twenty minutes. Yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll call you. <laughs> I hear Chicago won on the weekend too. Yeah, they did. Chicago yeah. Blackhawks, and uh, we have several folks here uh, down here in the Deep South who like hockey. That's right. And uh, we have a very small club. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's mostly all, all mo- mostly football, mostly college football. Yeah. And, oh, is uh, it ever? Yeah. And, uh, and I, I did. I did. By the way, watch the uh, watch the Tennessee Alabama game. Oh my! Because uh, now I, I'm I'm a I'm an oddball for a lot of reasons down here. Okay, but I am a Notre Dame fan. We're having a very bad season, Notre Dame. <laughs> but I do root for the Mississippi teams. Sure. And uh, as a result, I have come to have find uh, hostility in my heart towards <laughs> oh. Alabama. Now, I know we have a lot of listeners in Alabama uh-huh. and a lot of Alabama, uh, University of Alabama fans who listen to American Family Radio. Don't take this personally because it was a very painful Saturday for Alabama fans. But that was a game where Tennessee beat Alabama 52-49. to 49. No, no uh, uh, overtimes. One of the best games I've seen. Two really good teams. Just very enjoyable. But... I have very little sympathy for our Alabama fans uh, because they like like a line out of a Donald Trump speech when he used to promise winning. Yeah, you're gonna get tired of winning. Alabama's been fantastic for I don't know close to a decade. This was so. what the 15th time these two teams have met, and this was the first win in 15 for it's Tennessee. It's not the 15 time they've met, but they Tennessee had lost 15 in a row. Yes. 15 years in a row. 15 years in a row. Yeah, to Alabama. But so. did you see what happened? And there's celebration of the victory there. <laughs> Tore down the goalposts? Tore, now they have to raise money. Yeah. $100,000 yeah. to replace it. I don't think that'll be a problem. No. I don't think they have to raise money. Someone pointed out, Death Valley, is that the, is that the, the stadium down there in Tennessee? Uh, 100,000 people can get in. Each one of them probably paid well, you got to think thirty bucks. Yes. Yeah. I think they have enough money to buy a couple goalposts. Well, anyway, By the way, guess, guess what? I'm not worried about it. So, no, no. <laughs> um, I so Alabama um, had more penalties than they've ever had ever before. Right. Record number of penalties. So, so it wasn't like they were. Nick that good. Saban was not happy. No, he was not happy. <laughs> um, I am required in my marriage vows to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> All right. Let's for for our the, the folks who are patiently listening for for uh more important news. What what have you got? Well, let's start with what the American people are thinking. There's a new Federalist Susquehanna poll out and it found some interesting things. Now, the Federalist is a conservative outlet 
people talk about um, polls and how you can push polls. So, for example, the Susquehanna Federalist poll finds that voters are, they say, affirming the Dobbs decision. So that is the Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. They say that 48% of Americans agree with that. What they, how they ask the question is, do you think states should be able to uh, decide abortion law or the, the Supreme Court? 48% said states should do it. 26% said voters determined uh, the, that the Supreme Court should do it. How you ask the question has an awful lot to do with it. But, but I think that's a fair. It okay. is a fair. That is a fair way to ask the question because you can follow up with additional questions. Sure. About whether you think, you know, there's all kinds of questions you could ask. Well, but uh, if should and, doctors go to jail, that all that kind of stuff. Should they, that's a good question. You could have asked the question, or someone might have asked the question. Do you think women should lose a right that they've had for 50 years? Right. Well, you're going to get a different. You're going to get a different. And that that's why you have to be very careful with polls, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, of the way the questions are asked can lead to. A kind of a presupposed answer. Other things. 66% of uh, responders thought that uh, disapprove of the way that big tech, Twitter, Facebook, Google is handling news stories, the censorship. They do not like that. What was the percentage on that? 63. I'm sorry, 66%. 24 said they approve of managing misinformation like they do. Wow. Um, that, that's that's uh, pretty encouraging, actually, yeah. to see that that kind of a big disparity but 24% said they were yeah. happy with <laughs> they approve of the way that uh, the on, you know yeah um uh, it, it evenly split 43% say they believe the FBI pushes a political agenda when they conduct their affairs 42% say they have confidence that there is no partisan politics in the FBI okay let me just take a stop there and and let's we can, let's discuss a few things here on, on on these that one I do want to make a point even though it's split that's still bad news for the FBI. Oh, yeah. Because you don't want to have a split when it comes to, Fred, whether or not the FBI is politicized. That, that, should, be a, that should be a 90% no, they're doing their job, uh, regardless of who's in power. That's what we've come to expect from the nation's federal, basically federal police force. Well, let's just take a recent example. The uh, pro-life gentleman. Mark sitting, Houck. Uh, yes, sitting in his house. Uh, with his wife and what six children, six or seven around, FBI agents show up. They say reports say guns drawn. Yeah. He's taken away in handcuffs. What did this man do? Oh, you know, he was at, outside of an abortion clinic. A pro-abortion person was there and said something to this pro-life gentleman's son, and so there was an altercation. The local police said, really, there was nothing, nothing to it. Here, yeah. Now this happened what in 2021? The incident. Yeah. But they show up at his house. And so people look at that and say, wait a minute, isn't that a little bit over the top? Regardless of where you, this is over the top. And at the same time, you know, there are reports out there for uh, pregnancy centers that are being, you know, attacked and defaced. Burned to the ground. Burned to the ground. And they're saying, okay, why isn't the FBI doing that to going out there, catching individuals who are doing this? And doing the same kind of thing. So I think that's why. I think people, the American people, understand that the problem is probably in the FBI leadership. Don't blame everybody in the ranks right. for what the leadership is deciding to do. And that's why a lot of people are saying 
if Republicans gain control of the House, one of the committees is going to be set up is is looking at, okay, who gave the orders? Yes. Who gave the orders to go to this man's house? Right. He he doesn't have guns. Right. Why why are you putting him in He's here? He's not a drug dealer. Handcuffs and dragging him away. Right. You know, it, it's just uh, normal American folks look at this and say something is unfair here. And I also think what uh, most Americans do, I think of all political stripes, it, I do it. I put myself in the shoes, so to speak, of Mark Houck in this yeah. particular instance, and I think, how would I feel about this? Yeah. Now, if I put myself in the shoes of a drug dealer who's holed up in a uh, in his house with automatic weapons <laughs> and is shooting at the police and that individual gets shot, I think to myself, well, he shouldn't have been doing that. That's right. And I think that's the way a lot of people are, mm-hmm. are thinking about this. All right, so good. That's surprising. Just I mean, a couple other data points. Let me just give you three or four, and then you pick out the one if you want, or we can move on. But um, 77% say they do not trust corporate news media to tell them the truth. 47% say the federal government has spent too much taxpayer money in Ukraine. 2% say they haven't spent enough. I'm assuming because they don't say, but the other 30-whatever um, uh, percent, if they don't know, uh, think it's about right. Um, 11% of voters have a favorable of, uh, opinion of Mitch McConnell. Uh, 49% say they disapprove of Joe Biden's rating as opposed to uh, 45% who approve, and they're split on the generic Democrat-Republican uh, congressional. All right, race. what was the first one you read? This is the... News media, 77% yeah. overwhelmingly say they do not trust corporate mu- news to tell them the truth. Well, that doesn't surprise me no. at all. Okay, so all. now, uh, is there any definition as to what they mean by, would that include like Let me read it here. Fox it says, or? all news except for American Family News. Ah, good. That's what <laughs> yeah. I was hoping. Well, we're not corporate news anyway, but I'm, I'm not surprised at that either. Even for those who are on the left of the political spectrum who don't trust Fox News, mm-hmm. um, uh, but I, here's what I think that most people have kind of caught on that what you're hearing, if you're watching and listening to MSNBC, for example, uh, or Fox News, is you're hearing one side of the story. I personally think Fox does try to get uh, both sides, but it's clearly conservative leaning. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly to me. It is. So I'm not surprised, Fred, that folks are saying, I, I don't trust uh, corporate media, which is why what CNN appears to be trying to do might be a game changer for them yes. if they go back to what made them successful and say, hey, listen, we're not going to slant our news. Uh, we are really going to just report on what's happening. Uh, I think they could they could gain viewers who might put their trust back into CNN. I think a couple of things. Pew Research for years has, has looked at the political biases of reporters, and they say, you know, 90% of reporters, mainstream legacy media, are are Democrats. Right. They're almost, a, as we would say, card-carrying Democrats. Right. And I think the other thing, um, a person who looks at this fairly over the last four to five years, they look at the way the media treated Donald Trump. Yeah. You know. Uh, the man could not say anything, could not do anything, but it was all wrong. That was a four-year beating. Yes, that's what it was. Uh, Jim Acosta of CNN right. and others, you know, they saw that. Uh, you know, the media coverage, Inauguration Day, there's people spewing hatred. 
against Donald Trump. Now we come, you know, we got two years almost of Joe Biden, and it, well, a lot of mainstream media, Joe Biden can do nothing wrong. It's everybody else's fault. They're going after DeSantis for sending, you know, migrants up to New York. Right. He's the bad guy. Abbott's the bad guy in Texas for doing that. So the American people have gotten on to this, that there is, in these newsrooms, there is, and I believe this, there's almost zero diversity of opinion in the newsrooms. There may be diversity as far as skin color right. and ethnic background, all that sort of thing, but there is no diversity of thought. Right. Uh, they are all in. We're still dealing with Donald Trump, and he's been out of office for almost two years. Yeah. They hate this guy, the January 6th commission. Yeah. I mean, just stop and think about how that was set up. Nancy Pelosi didn't like the Republicans choosing the representatives on that committee, so she picked two, two Republicans that hate Donald Trump. Right. And the, and the who whole, voted for impeachment? Who voted for impeachment? And the January sixth commission didn't allow any opposing views. Right. They didn't cross examine any of their witnesses. Right. So the, the American people are saying, "Wait a minute! I mean, this this is not about journalistic news journalism anymore. It's about uh, you know basically reporters doing the talking points of the White House." Yeah. All right, Steve. All right, let's talk. Got? Let's talk about our president, who is uh, making friends and influencing people around the world, but maybe not so much in a good way. Over the weekend, uh, two days in a row, the United States is taking a little bit of a, a spanking, a, a talking to by allies. Um, the Pakistani Minister of Foreign Affairs summoned the U.S. ambassador to the office on Saturday to express their disappointment and concern after. Joe Biden called Pakistan, quote, one of the most dangerous nations in the world because they have uh, nuclear weapons, and he says that they are not uh, in control of them well enough. Well, they say they beg to differ. They called the ambassador in. They say we uh, have these high safeguards, they say. And then uh, just this this would have been last weekend, I guess, uh, or maybe over the weekend, the uh, Saudi Arabia's defense minister is astonished by accusations that the Saudis are now aligned with Russia. That according to Corinne Jean-Pierre. Yeah, that was over the weekend. Over the weekend. So, um, <laughs> Joe Biden's foreign policy is a little bit askew, I would say. Well, Fred, he's, he, uh, President Biden has big problems in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, um, the... Um, uh, the kind of debacle of going over there mm-hmm. and after having called them names and besmirched their integrity, for example, that was over the treatment of uh, journalists, one in particular, uh, who was uh, murdered, I think. And, mm-hmm. and that, that was kind of blamed by the Biden administration and others. I, I have no idea whether or not the Saudi uh, government was responsible for that. Um, but calling them names and then the debacle over whether he was going to go over and shake hands. Yeah. No, I'm going to fist bump. Fist bump. Going to fist bump. And then to go over and to ask the Saudis to increase oil production to help with the rising price in the United States, which came about because Biden cut production yes. and went to war against fossil fuels. Then the Saudis say, not only are we not going to raise production, we're cutting production He's had a bad couple of months. He went there. to Venezuela after that. Yeah. Yes, uh, and talk about talk about going to bad 
bad actors going to Venezuela. Well, and the other thing that has happened with regards to the Saudis is that the uh, the Saudis came out last week and said uh, Biden administration appointed uh, approached us and said, "Hey, will you hold off on announcing the cut?" in production until after the election yeah wait 30 days wait 30 days and so joe biden if that's true joe biden apparently doesn't have a problem with americans paying higher prices at the gas pump we just don't want that announced until after the election yeah he's clearly angered the saudis and they're making him pay yep so that so because because not only did they refuse the request on the part of biden to wait 30 days they came out and publicly said this is what he asked. Yeah. So he's clearly angered them, and uh, the Biden administration has some repair work to do if he wants to make those uh, allies. The Saudis are allies. And listen, the Saudis uh, are, uh, uh, in a sense, almost willing to be allied with Israel against Iran. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how desperate some of those countries, Jordan and others, are to not see Iran go nuclear and to not allow them to uh, gain control over vast swaths of the Middle East. So you shouldn't be angering the Saudis at a time like this. So, all right. Uh, creepy Joe Biden showed up over the weekend. Um, he was in California and uh, he, uh, let me get my This is here. just weird. It is. It, yeah, I'm not sure what the, what the deal is. But you remember, you've seen this before uh, where he kind of puts his hands on the shoulders of young girls and, and some say they whispers. S- whispers or sniffs their hair. Well, he found a, four, a 13-year-old. Uh, he was at Irvine Valley Community College in, in California, and he walked up behind this young girl, put his hands on her shoulder, reached over and whispered into her ear, cut, uh, cut 12. Now, the very important thing I told my daughter and granddaughters, no serious guys in your 30s. Okay. Right? <laughs> no what? No serious guys to your 30s. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Okay, now he didn't, he didn't whisper it. I mean, he, well, he, he was over to he, the yeah. side of her. So, but it's still, listen, with President Joe Biden, it's not, it's not that everyone stumbles every once in a while, Fred, and says the wrong thing. It's that he continually does. Yes. It's not that every once in a while someone might, you know, in a public setting like that, you're a politician, uh, you might put your hands on the shoulder of a young woman and, you know, say something that you later regret. It's that he's frequently done it. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's the problem with this one over the weekend is it just begins to be thrown into the basket of creepy Joe moments. Yeah, and uh, you know, like you say, it's not the first time he has done this. It may be innocent, right? You know, just uh, he's he's a grandfather type guy, but he's done it so often, and the the media has drawn attention to it. I'm sure his handlers, let me put it this way, would prefer, Mr. President, don't do that, uh, because uh, it has been made headlines in the past, and if you do that again. People are going to take note of it. Yeah, uh, just shake their hands, and that's it. Well, it's it's clear from the it, it, this is why the optics are so bad. It's clear, Steve. Then we can move on. I don't want to beat yeah. up on the the guy, but um, it's it's clear from the optics that the women themselves of all ages. Mm-hmm. This has gone on for years. 
they're very uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you're you're not if it if if the if it's not your daughter or your granddaughter or your wife or your sister or whatever, you don't put your hands on their shoulders. You don't give them back rubs. I cannot, shoulder rubs. I cannot think of a single um uh, thing in in human history. I can't think of a situation at all where where you would want to be able want to say to somebody keep your hands off the young girls i mean yes. just just you, you don't want to hear that in any situation yeah. let's take a look at uh we'll leave the president for a second but let's look at his party uh colorado republican lauren bobert was in uh, her debate uh, one of the debate with adam frisch who's the democrat that's taking her on in colorado they had a debate and uh lauren uh, lauren bobert had a little bit to say about the the democrat party cut 10. The Democrat Party is the party of child abuse. It's the party that represents grooming children and sexualizing them in school, teaching anti-white racism in the terms of CRT education, and genital mutilation of kids, kids that can't even get a driver's license, can't get a tattoo, and cannot vote. How do you stand there and represent the Democrat Party as a father? And do you believe in genital mutilation of children under the age of 18 and, and these puberty blockers? Wow. <laughs> now, how is that race going, by the way, in, uh, in terms look, of I, polling? I did not look. I well, I, that's okay. I, I, I just tossed that to you. I think the... she's. I think she's doing okay. Okay. Um, and well, then, Fred, she, she's she is blunt. Yeah. She, that's that's part of what got her elected. I think. And what, she's very uh, forthright. And, and was she exaggerating? Oh. She wasn't. No, I, I I think the the at least the radical left, which frankly has taken over the Democratic Party. They seem to be out in favor of the puberty blockers and the, the surgeries. We talked about that in the in the last segment. They're pushing the uh, critical race theory, all those kinds of things that she's talking about. The grooming. Now, what what's what was Steve? What was the reference to sexual grooming? That's when you are telling kids, taking them in front of these drag queens, oh, okay. and and telling them to that it's okay, and, and then the sex education, sex kind of education stuff, all that. kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's not right. good. Hey, let me see if we got. I, we just have enough time for this. I want you to hear what Alexandra Lanes has to say. Ulta Beauty, the, who is this? Okay. Alexandra Lanes, Ulta Beauty, which is the uh, beauty company, had a. a a podcast with two dudes talking about what it was like to be girls cut nine i want to be a mom one day and i absolutely can and that's why the narrative still has a long way to go because that's when i was grieving boy dylan i didn't know those things were even accessible to me ulta beauty is now ulta delusional you know did you ever think you'd see the day where beauty brands would create a podcast with two biological males talking about girlhood it's essentially two males mansplaining what it means to be a woman. You know, beauty could be for anyone, sure, but girlhood is for girls. Girlhood is not just a product that you can purchase at the makeup store. You know, my biggest issue with this is these two men talking about how they want to be a mom one day and that they absolutely can be. No, you absolutely cannot be and never will be a mother. Renting the womb of another woman will never make you a mother yourself. Not even adopting will make you a mother. You know why? Because you are a man. 99 things a man can be and a mom isn't one of them. Women are not a fetish. We are not gender-affirming tools for males that want to feel more feminine. We are more than a dress and some pretty eyeshadow. And the fact that we have to keep reminding men of that is pretty dang sad. So maybe stop erasing women and treating us like caricatures to be mocked. Thanks. Wow, who is that? And Alexandra again. Lanes. She's a conservative young woman co commentator. Um, wow. Had a lot of good things to say. That, that was a brutal takedown. Yeah. And then that was uh, Ulta. That was a podcast for Ulta. Ulta, the beauty. So my, so my, so the company that produces my 
beauty care products? I don't know. Your beauty care products? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can look at me and see I do not use beauty care products. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for this edition of Today's Issues. More great programming directly ahead on the American Family Radio Network. Thank you.